Hey, you listening to Showtime with Coop. We got the logo on here. Jerry West. I've been telling you guys he was coming, but he's finally here. Jerry, what do you think about being called the logo and having that emblem uh, after your image? Well, Michael, you know, it's it's really crazy how all this stuff came about. Um, and honestly, I wish they didn't know who the logo was. I didn't know who it was. Uh, I suspected it was me, but they had picked five silhouettes and I was the only white player on there. All, all the other players were black. And the person who picked this, they, they didn't, he didn't even know who they were. And uh, the late uh, David Stern said, well, it's a playground myth that that's Jerry West. Well, almost immediately, there's a big article in the newspaper in the New York Times about that I was the logo. And Jerry, just, that's you. That's yeah, you, that's, Jerry. That's your drive. And it's flattering, Michael, but honestly, I wish no one knew it. Um, it, it wasn't, a, you know, it just, it's awkward for me to even talk about because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's one minute, you know, you say, to yourself, oh my goodness, this is, this is quite an honor. The other is, is that, again, you shouldn't honor one person, you should honor the league. So, um, yeah, you deserve been, it. You deserve uh, it, man. You put up big numbers in this league. You, I think you had a big all fingerprints on the way the NBA is today. Uh, but uh, Jerry, let me ask you this. You finished a great career, okay? Uh, you won the championship in 72, and now you move on to the second phase of your career. Did you enjoy coaching? Because you were my coach when I got drafted. <laughs> Lakers. Michael, you know something I didn't. And you know why I didn't? Because that was a rough era, as you know it. Uh, and things have changed. Uh, life off the court, Michael, was bad. Okay? Yeah. And the players were living in a dangerous zone for themselves, their personal safety, uh, their health. And it was like NBA party time. And I honestly- Why did you do it, Jerry? Why did you do it? Um, I've always been, I guess, um, Michael- Find something you love to do in your life. You'll never work a day. Mm -hmm. I've never worked a day in my life. I just love basketball. I love being around players, the environment. There's something about going in a gym and maybe it's a quiet and somebody dribbling a basketball. It has like a, it has like an allure to me and it has driven me all my life. Even today, uh, there's times, even though I'm 83 years old, there's times I would love to run a team today. People say you can't do it. You're too old. Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's a, it's a decision making. Uh, to me, it's like a puzzle, Michael. Uh, if you get a puzzle and there's a bunch of missing pieces, it didn't take you long to identify that. And just wrong choices, uh, building chemistry, I think starts with the kind of players you bring in. And, and if you look at all these players that have been traded from place to place to place, and there's a number of them, Today, it's some of, some of the time because of salary, but some of the times that these players carry a reputation where they came from. They, it might work out fine when everything's going well, but mm. at the end of the day, it's not going to work. And particularly if you're in an awkward situation, team's not playing well, and you're not good enough to win, uh, I would never bring a player in like that. Uh, you need strong people. Uh, if you could bring somebody into the Lakers during your era there with Irvin and Kareem and yourself, and uh, you could bring somebody in there and 
I don't care who they were. I don't care what their faults or habits were, bad or good. <clears throat> they were going to acquiesce themselves into a relationship with you guys. They weren't going to do anything to screw up because if they did, they would be ostracized in the locker room. And you could walk in there and you can see a player that, I mean, I went in there and a lot of times I just see body language. I said, this is not going to work. This guy probably shouldn't be with this team. It's not a good place for him. And those are pretty easy things that I thought to see. And then to me, continuity of a team, you know, if you see a team that's like this in a graph and this is all, all older players, pretty soon, Michael, that's not going to work. Yeah. You need a graph like this. Okay. Younger players, rookies, second year players, guys are 45, four or five year veterans, guys are eight or nine, 10 year veterans. And you can keep in place a good, solid team. But if you're like this, it's going to be a major rebuild. And today, with so many players around and free agency, uh, you can you can go out and get players. You have to have relationships with agents. Look what agents can do today. Uh, they can supply players. And particularly if they're good and they have a lot of players, if you build a great relationship with them, they can direct players to your program and particularly if you have the ability to pay. So there's a lot more planning today that goes in, particularly the financial side. And <clears throat> I've said it before and I'll say it again. <clears throat> there are people that make $20, $25 million in this league, Michael. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're worth $25 million. I don't care what a player makes. I don't care. A player hey, Jerry, make. Jerry, what was your top salary when you played? Uh, $275,000. <laughs> Michael, I turned down the first million dollar contract. I turned it down. I said, I can't do it anymore. And the Laker owner at that time, Jack Cook, was furious at me. And, um, and he basically shouldn't have lied to me. He lied to me the year before about a contract. And, um, you know, I just, I couldn't do it, Michael. I could not do it. I can't take money where, uh, for not being 100% involved. And there's no way I could be involved 100% at that point in time. They ask so much of you, you know, to be guard the best supposing team's guard, score 25 a game. I couldn't score 30 a game then. Uh, A bad knee injury, uh, lead the league in scoring when I, I mean, league in scoring, lead the league in assists, be a leader. That's almost impossible to do, Michael, once you get to a certain age. And particularly the lack of, treatment for some of the injuries that would be very minor today you're listening to the man himself jerry west on showtime with coop jerry we're at the point where i'm gonna give you a lightning round a couple more questions for you this is i'm gonna ask you five names and just tell me as much as you want about this person okay we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro college football actions this season with a new updated site interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code clns 5 zero to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports 
Bet Online, where the game starts. This is, I'm going to ask you five names and just tell me as much as you want about this person, okay? Uh, again, Elgin Baylor, you've already kind of touched on him. Uh, Dr. Buss. Well, you know, I would say, uh, I, I used to call him Jerry. He had the same name as me, but, uh, uh, you know, he was just a great man. Okay, he was. He was someone that you could have a conversation with. It didn't always have to be about basketball, but I can remember going in his office after five o'clock and staying there for till seven o'clock talking about basketball, talking about life, some of the things that driven him in his life. Um, knew a lot. We would, when we go to training camp in Hawaii, he and I would walk almost every day around the canal there. And we would always end up in a strip club. <laughs> he loves, he, he and he and Frank Mariani, they love these strip clubs. And here I am, here I am an, an executive and I have to give them money. And I would stay outside while, while they were inside. Jerry, you, know, you mean you were making stuff. it rain on somebody in there? He <laughs> was outside. Was, listen, Michael, I was outside. I was outside. <laughs> and um, it was, uh, I spent a lot of wonderful times with him. I really did. And, you know, uh, he, he, Mike, uh, Michael, he was very innovative. Okay. And some of the things he started in life, people don't even know. Prime ticket. Yeah. Can you imagine where where what that would have been worth if he continued that venture, wow. uh, you know, Monday night fights. Um, he had all kind of events from the forum, but also his, you know, ticket pricing. Okay. Uh, different scales of tickets. Uh, a game was much more than um, much more than a game. He wanted it to be fun atmosphere. Uh, so all of a sudden the Laker girls appear, then, you know, all the time, this, all, all of a sudden he converted, regular fans who were been there for years he uh, uh, we had a lot of celebrities attending games and that added to the glamour of the the showtime teams a lot and he was just a fantastic man I remember the last time I saw him before he passed away at, at uh, it was uh, uh, almost when I left there I, I I said to myself oh my gosh uh this franchise has lost something that they'll never be able to replace. And they haven't replaced him, Michael. Yeah. Um, anyway. You, you, you kind of talked a little bit about him, but Wilt. Well, again, Michael, he, you know, he was really an interesting character. You know, he, uh, now, Jerry, he, let me ask you this first. Is it true? 2000 plus women. How many? <laughs> 20,000. <laughs> okay. No, it's not true, period. <laughs> okay, enough said, Jerry, about that. Uh, Magic Johnson. <laughs> well, he's one of those guys that, that comes along every once in a while, you know, uh, big smile. Uh, but there was a substance behind that big smile. Some people have a big smile and there's no substance. And uh, he was a great competitor, loved to win. Um, he was bubbly, enthusiastic, had great energy, uh, an incredible leader, an incredible leader. And he also was perfect for the kind of fans that Jerry Buss had created. Um, he was just one of those irreplaceable players that come along in every era uh, who changed the face of the game in some way, shape, or form. Mm. And he did. Uh, he did. Uh, he was a huge draw. And I've always said that people talk about superstar players. 
unless somebody is a huge draw, Michael, they might be great, great players, but super superstar players are more than just basketball players. Yeah. They're also connected to the business of basketball and his enormity there allowed Jerry to, um, uh, to raise ticket prices a lot uh, to make it a very profitable uh, basketball franchise. And then when, you know, when it was time to leave there, they moved to the forum. And last time, I think they were maybe the second most valuable franchise in the NBA, what, five or $6 billion. Uh, it's just crazy how his guidance, um, Irvin's guidance was part of that. But again, Jerry Buss's vision to have much more than a basketball game. Uh, it was just amazing to see what he did. The two of them did together. Okay. Last but not least, Jerry, uh, and I'll, I'll say this before I bring up Kobe's name. You've always been like a, a surrogate father to a lot of us. Myself, James Worthy, A.C. Green, Byron Scott, Magic Johnson, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, tell us a little bit about Kobe. Well, Michael, he was, uh, you know, he was just one of those young, one geniuses, and that's Irvin Johnson, Abdul Jabbar, um, that comes along every once in a while. And, uh, you know, he was so competitive, even at a young age, that he was just running into himself, to be honest with you. I had spent a lot of time with him talking about just slow down a little bit. You know, it's not, and the players used to call him Showtime, Michael. Mm-hmm. And I said, Kobe, that's not a good name. Uh, showboat, rather. They called him Showboat. And, uh, you know, he'd go over there and they'd be practicing. He'd dribble through five guys and dunk the ball. And, you know, everyone would go crazy. And I was looking and saying to myself, well, this is not going to work in a real game because you need to be a great teammate on top of it. But during his era there with Shaquille O'Neal, you know, we traded Eddie Jones so he could play. And, um, he was just he was just an enormous player. Got better every year. Um, uh, yeah, let me let me let me throw this in there real quick, okay? About the workout. Now, it, you and I were at the Kobe's workout. Remember that? And you had yeah. me play against him. And everybody thinks that Kobe got the best of me. Now, Jerry, tell the truth. Now, I think I held my own for a forty-year-old man. Well, Michael. Um, <laughs> I refuse to comment on that. <laughs> but Michael, Michael always was our guinea pig. He, he, um, when we needed him, he would come over there and work out. And I, I think that, that Michael himself saw a very special talent, not knowing that you were going to, he was going to get to the, uh, to the heights that he did, but he's just an amazing player. He captured the imagination of, of the Los Angeles, um, Jerry, you know what? And I always remember you said this after that workout. After you work out, you go, uh, you you were telling all of us there, uh, Mitch Kupchak, myself, uh, uh, and Dale Harris, the coach, you go, you know what? He's the one. I'll never forget that. You said that. You said he's the one. And uh, I mean, you know, just working out with Kobe, I knew that there because everything I was trying to deny him, you told me to take him away from that spot low post work. This kid was a, a phenomenal player, like you said, at an early age, so strong, so mature, and was able to move around the court. And, you know, I'll never forget that. You said, Michael, he's the one. Well, Michael, we were lucky to get him, to be honest with you. And it really was a help with the help of agents and his parents. 
And when he first came to Los Angeles, you know, he was here at my house. Uh, we'd have him over for dinner, couldn't drive. So my son Ryan was his uh, chauffeur. And I think he, I think Ryan wore a hat and he sat in the back seat. <laughs> but um, it was great time to spend with him. I remember when he was disgruntled with the Lakers and I was in Memphis at that point in time. And um, I, he and I, uh, after the season, he was a free agent. He wanted to, he was talking about going to the Clippers and, and he said that Memphis, he would consider Memphis. And I met him and his agent then, Rob Palenka, down in Orange County in a, uh, in a hotel down there. And we talked for a while. And I said, I told him, I said, Kobe, number one, you don't belong in Memphis. And I said, no disrespect. But I said, Memphis, Memphis would not work for you. Um, and, um, and I said, the other thing, I said, you know, I ended and played my career with one team. And I said, there's something really special about that. And I just indicated to him, I said, I would think long and hard about going anywhere other than staying with the Lakers. And um, I, I don't know if that made any difference. I do know up until they say Jerry had talked to him, I, I wasn't aware of that. And um, he was unhappy with a lot of things. And the, the one thing I told him in his career, I said, you're not always going to play be playing with great players. There's no way. I said, you're going to have to somewhere along the way, trust the front office to see if they can build a team around you. And he just got to the point where he's so dominant and they added uh, a couple of players that really made a difference for him. And it shows how one player, Michael, in the game can change the fortunes of a team, uh, contains the fortune of a franchise. And he was one of those franchise players. Plus, the reason he was a superstar People paid to see him play. And I'll never forget that Sunday morning. I first heard about that possibly it was him and his Christ and uh, a life taken too young. Uh, frankly, a, a very devastating three weeks for me. Um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get this memory out of my mind. He and his young daughter, who he had such a great relationship with and how he promoted women's basketball. Michael, he would have been a bigger success off the court than he would have been on the court. Yep. And a life taken too short, an iconic figure who um, I think you saw the outpouring of all races, men and women, you know, packed down there, the grief in their eyes. Um, uh, it was just something when when that day comes around every year, I think about it. And uh, I just, I was shot beyond belief. Yeah. Uh, but he was just a special player. Uh, and he had changed so much when he had retired. I saw a great improvement in him um, because the way he reached out to people and particularly young women who were, he didn't want them to be denied a part to be a, an athlete who was taken seriously. And that helped a lot. Trust me, it really yeah, did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Sad right. for him, his family. Um, creates a lot of turmoil. And it's still very controversial to this day in, in terms of, you know, why. Uh, no one will ever know why. Um, last question, Jerry. And again, thank you for your time, man. Uh, Jerry, you have to promise me you'll come on in a couple of months down the road so we could do a Jerry West part two because I got many, many, <laughs> any, many more any questions. Michael, any, Michael but, any time for you, man. Any but time. the last question, 
I want to ask, and Jerry, one of the, the unique things about you as a general manager is that you were able to uh, squash or hold down inter, inter-team turmoil. The one that Shaq and Kobe had, how did you handle that one? Because that almost broke up a little bit before and you were able to go in there and settle everything down. Well, Michael, I, I tell you, it really wasn't me. Um, because once that season ended, they won a championship, I think it's 2000. Um, I could not be there anymore, Michael. It, the place had changed a lot. And uh, it just, I didn't want to be part of something that where I wasn't really happy. And it would have been a, done the Lakers a disservice that I would have stayed around. And um, I just, you could sense this coming, okay, in practice. Uh, and you could sense, um, you know, Kobe was always commenting about getting him getting in shape. And, you know, Shaquille was a huge man anyway. And he's not going to be one of those thin players who never gets tired, who can run all day. That wasn't him. Yeah. But his dominance of a player, Michael, he scared players. He's absolutely scared players. Um, I mean, he would get in games and these some of these really good centers, he would absolutely embarrass and destroy them. And in doing that, he destroyed the confidence of the, of the other team's many times best player inside. And then he had this fearless gun, gunslinger on the outside I'm not sure if it was jealousy or what, but uh, whatever it was, it was sad to see. And uh, um, they, you know, they won three championships. But after that, the, the, first, the year that I left, and they won two more. But you knew it was going to be. Uh, I think the Lakers had to make a choice. Yeah. To be honest with you, and I remember it started in Hawaii. Um, Shaquille had. I wasn't there, but I know what happened. He screamed out at Jerry Buss after he'd made a dunk or something like that. And he said, pay me. Well, he was making a lot of damn money already. <laughs> and I don't think you'd ever want to try to embarrass Jerry Buss because he did nothing to embarrass anyone else. Exactly. And this was a, this was what, it wasn't a good choice on his part, but uh, he and I are still great friends, Shaquille. Uh, he's one of the nicest people you ever want to meet. Um, he's so giving, Michael. He t- does things for people because of a, the huge financial success he's made of his life. And that, to me, that to me shows you what kind of person he is. Yeah. Um, I remember when he was on the bus, he would stop the bus, and he'd always has a roll of $100 bills, and homeless people, he'd give them $100 bills. Uh, pretty fascinating to see a player do that. But more importantly, to make a bus stop to do that when during a hurry to get somewhere. Um, but uh, he's been someone who I really care about a lot. Uh, you know, we have a chance to communicate every once in a while. And, and uh, um, I'm thrilled that I've been able to maintain a relationship with him and, and many of the former players. You mentioned you, James Worthy. Um, I, you know, two of, the, two of the players I loved most when I was there were both of you. And it was an easy time for everyone then, okay? And, you know, you're trying your best to give advice when we all have points in our life, Michael, where we feel lost. And particularly when you're, you know, playing a game, I think sometimes you can see the end of your career right in front of you, and you know, a player knows. Uh, Today, they just, they can continue to play, and there's nothing, 
if you made a good reputation for yourself and a good player, there's always a job for you. But then it was different. Players knew when it was time to leave. And I think that that's probably the most difficult time for players and going forward. And, and you know, speaking of James Worthy, I remember he came to me. He said to me, he said, Jerry, I can't do it. Anymore. My knee is bad. And I went to Jerry Buss and I said, Jerry, I know this is difficult to, to do, but I said, I think James should retire. I said, I had a long talk with him today and, uh, and Jerry went along with it. And I think he, Jerry owed him a year on his contract with, for a lot of money then. And again, that's why I so admired Jerry for He was loyal to his players. Um, he was a great man. He was a man of people. And I think many of the players today uh, are very much like that. I will never forget my relationship with you and many of those players during that era. Uh, I talk to Kareem frequently, uh, I see how he's doing. And um, Irvin, I see every once in a while and, he, and he's running, jumping around like a little, like a little kid again and thrilled for all his success away from it. So it's been a, you know, it's been a, my years with the Lakers were really special, Michael. And when I left there, it was, there was a hole in my heart, but it was the best thing for me. It was the best thing for them. Well, we missed you too, Jerry. Last question. We have some of our young viewers out there that are, are, have aspirations of wanting to make it to the NBA. What would you tell a young kid who is a senior in high school, freshman in college about their opportunities to play in the pros? Well, Michael, I think you have to, one of the things that, I feel good about maybe about myself. I think I've kept very modern about where the game is going and what has happened with the game. <clears throat> if you look at the game shooting, you must be able to make a shot. Okay. You must be able to make a shot. Together. <laughs> Everyone can dribble the ball. Some dribble way too much, too much and yeah. difficult to play with. Um, but you can learn every, almost everything you need to learn by yourself. There's so much information. If there's a player drills and stuff that maybe you didn't even think about, you can learn this by yourself, Michael. You don't need 10 people around you to do this. It's a solitary game. And, you know, look at yourself, try to analyze yourself. Uh, keep notes to yourself. How many shots did I make from the free throw line? How many, uh, and shoot maybe 50, okay, 10 at a time. Uh, then as you get a little bit older, shoot more. How many shots did I make from uh, off of the bounce? Uh, a couple of dribbles and pull up quickly for a jump shot. Did I have the right rotation on it? If you don't have the right rotation, you know yourself, you're not going to get many favorable bounces. But having said that, these new rims, Michael, for protecting from these guys dunking the ball, oh, my God, I, I can't believe some of the bounces they get. It's just unbelievable. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> And that's true, Michael. It really is true. I, I would love to see some of the old rim, but um, and you know, learn how to learn how to play the game, okay? And if you just watch team game, don't just watch who scores. Watch where, what bodies are doing. Uh, watch what kind of movement you need. Know when to go fast. Uh, no angles. Uh, you know, just a simple thing. I, I watched a, a Clipper game last night. Who I'm involved with. And I saw three times guys would be on the Clippers, 21 turnovers in the game. They still won the game. I have no idea how. Driving up the right side of the court and throwing a cross-court pass. And I said, uh-oh, layup on the other end. 
you can't throw a cross-court pass in basketball, particularly at midcourt. And then the other thing on penetrating passes, when people drive and they, they, they there's some people are great dunkers in this league and they'll lob it up there and guys, most of the time on that, because they're not, you can't throw these sideway passes. They have to be bounce passes in there. And just angles. Uh, how many times do how many times do people step on the the three point um, step out of bounds behind the three point line? That's uncalled for. That's Gary, un- you don't want to coach in this league, now, man. No, <laughs> all that. No, no, it's uncalled for, Michael, and it's just like a discipline. And yeah. and you know, some people get it and they'll put their one foot back when they. You can't. You have to practice that. Yeah. Uh, walking uh, today in today's game, they never call it, but you should never walk. Okay. Uh, you have all advantage. You can, you can dribble everywhere. And we see this new delayed dribble. Um, that's, that's a carry. Okay. They're not going to call. And um, but that bothers it, you, huh, Jerry? <laughs> well, it's um, and the other thing is if you have a certain number on your back, you know, you're going to get the free throw line. All you can hear are guys going, ah, you can hear it over the air. Referee calls a foul against the guy, or the other guy. It particularly is the right number on the back. But I see a lot of things good with the game. Um, and um, uh, to me, it's really kind of watching a, uh, some of these kids are so athletic and watching it like a ballet out there. And mm. uh, the precision, skill, ball handling ability, it's just getting to be amazing. And every young kid can practice that stuff by himself. Just look on YouTube, look at all kind of information for you shooting uh you want to see this rotation on the ball the right rotation not the one that comes out look like it's top because those balls are going to spin all over they might go in but they have to be perfect um but there's just so many things that kids can get out of this game michael it's going to be along with soccer the biggest game in the world soccer is number one basketball is getting very very close because it's played all over the world, a mm. lot bigger than American football, a lot big bigger than American baseball. I mean, this is going a growing sport internationally. Uh, we're going to see more and more foreign players uh, playing in this. The USA has done a, uh, I mean, NBA has done a great job promoting basketball in Africa now. Masai um, uh, Urge, who's a, uh, who works as uh, a general manager and president of the Toronto. Raptors is from those areas down in Africa. They've got an incredible grassroots program there. Many of the players from the NBA are from there. They go there and visit. Um, Giannis went down there last year with his championship trophy. And uh, um, I mean, I mean, he went to Greece uh, where he's from. And But we're always seeing players go down there. And it's like goodwill, but many of them who started their careers down there have gone through Europe and made it here to the NBA. I think that's where our next wave of really good players are going to come because the kids are all tall, angular, um, you know, very disciplined. Families are very tight down there. And uh, so we're going to see another growth of basketball. Are you Australia now producing really good players? Uh, There's another really good one that came in the league this year, uh, Oklahoma City, Josh Giddy, really going to be good. Like that kid. He's really going to be good. And Oklahoma City's got a great backcourt, great young backcourt for the future. And so there's going to be more and more players that come from these European countries that are 
they're going to be different personalities and you know not going to be exposed to all the american ways of life self-promotion this 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 will be earned by them but uh i do appreciate having me on and of course it's always great to see you thank you gary jerry and there you have it showtime with coop insightful bs with jerry west the legend himself jerry thank you so much man i'm gonna come to you after the first of the year further down because I got to ask you some questions about Showtime 80 when we were playing then and really hear some of your sight. Jerry, oh, have yeah. a wonderful day, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Michael, so much. Always okay. great to spend time with you. Okay, take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.